Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz. I've already cracked one, and I'm here with Tony Marchese at Chai Socks MKZ, and we have just split the series with the Chicago Cubs, a White Sox winner, three to one here on Sunday's game. Even Nova picks up the win. Alex Colome comes on for the save. It was a great day. Tony, how'd you feel about this game in general? What stuck out to you? And uh, I guess we'll just go post break here. Uh, you know, once we get through this game. Buzz, it is always great to beat the Cubs. And you and I didn't get a chance to talk about it in the first series. We saw the one win with Eloy Jimenez coming up strong. He did that again today. I've already cracked one myself, so cheers. Um, just a great game today, Buzz. I'm, I'm really happy that we get to end the first half on this note. I think that's what I'm the most thankful for, is that we're talking about a victory heading into the All-Star break. I 100% agree with you, man. Uh, you know, a victory coming in the All-Star break. We split the Crosstown Cup with the Cubs. Getting into, like, I wish it was, like, five games or seven games or something, but I digress. It's a podcast for another day. But uh, I'm really happy the Sox picked up a win here. And you know what, Tone? This is something that is going to be a little bit out of character for me. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure you already know how I how I think about all of this stuff in general. I'm not the biggest Cub hater in the world. After this series, my opinion is completely changed. Really? I'm a Cub hater. Um, yes, I'm not really? kidding. Why? I'm let's not, let's, let's break this down serious. because I'm happy because I've I've always been a Cub hater, um, and and you know talking to you and some other people out there who are like, well, well, they're in the they're in another league. Why does it matter? It matters to me. These games it never. To me. It never mattered to me, and just that reason, man. They're not in the they're not in the AL Central. I only see them a couple times a year. I don't care that they're across town. I know where the south, the south side is a special place in my heart. The north side, whatever. I never, they were just never on my radar. It's not that like I, I like you know, oh, I have some friends that are Cubs fans and it's cool or whatever. They were just never on my radar. The reason they've hit my radar now is because obviously we've been doing pretty well with these socks on taps, and I, I enjoy doing them. We've been doing well with OnTapSportsNet.com, getting our blogs up and stuff. When you do well, sometimes you get people that for some reason just want to watch the world burn, right? And that's cool. I'm one of those guys. I, I usually like to watch the world burn. But you got people up in your mentions. They, yes. And they're coming at me about dumb stuff, man. Like, oh, well, <laughs> the, the white sucks. Okay, good joke, brother. I'll give you something. You know, I'll give something your mom to have a white sucks with. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't playing around. Like, this is something annoying to me. So they're coming at, oh, well, the socks have been terrible for this long and yada, yada, yada. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. Third highest payroll in baseball with 43 losses, right, buddy? We're the 25th highest payroll in baseball with 44 losses. The, my mentions have, <laughs> it's what's turned me is that for every Cub fan that say they don't care about the White Sox, there's 100 million of them. Obviously, that, that number is way over-exaggerated. But there's a, a plethora of them more 
that hate on the White Sox. And for some reason, I found them in all my mentions. So I have now turned into a Northside hater. I hope this team loses every game from here on out. And that's it. I'm glad the White Sox beat them. And I'm glad that a team that they say sucks split the series with them. Because if we suck and we just split the series with you, you're either not going to make the playoffs again or you're getting bounced early because you suck. So I'm good with it. There you go. And and I'm I'm so I'm happy. To, I'm, like happy I'm happy to see you fired up like this. It's I'm getting sorry, me jacked up. Here's, yeah. here's another thing too, Buzz. Whew. This is why these games matter is because – these teams don't pe- compete directly in the standings, but they compete for eyes. They compete for dollars. You think about the kids who watch these games, the young, impressionable minds, and they see the Cubs trounce over the White Sox, or the White Sox trounce over the Cubs. Who do you think that their allegiances start to form for? Kids want to be winners. They want to see winners. If you sit there and you have a losing record year in, year out, and then you go in against the you know opposing team that shares a city, you know those those kids they start to to form these opinions about well this is a winner this is a loser you don't want your organization to be the loser organization the Sox have had a rough go the Cubs did as well at one point in time when the, when the White Sox won the World Series you started to see this new you know era of Sox fans who got to see this team succeed and then it faded away and then it was the Cubs' turn I want it to be the Sox' turn again. I want to see kids in socks gear all over the place instead of seeing kids walking down the street in Cubs gear. You know, I was coaching little league baseball this year and, you know, over half the team is all Cubs fans. I'm in Lockport, man. Homer Glen area. This is the South side area, dude. This isn't the North side. And you got all these Cubs fans, kids. And you ask them why they're Cubs fans. They said, oh, well, you know, the, the Cubs just won the world series a few years ago. These are, you know, seven, eight year olds. Cubs won the World Series when they were four. Now these kids are going to be lifelong Cubs fans because the Sox can't compete against the Cubs? That's exactly the type of stuff that I want to avoid. I want to see these these younger generations get to witness winning ball clubs. Oh, absolutely. It makes it makes a ton of sense. Like I said, they were just never on my radar, dude, because I didn't like I just look at it and, and I've said this on I think this podcast before. I've said it on, you know, Chai on Tap before. Like I've, I was just kind of like, my dad hates the Cubs. He does hate the Cubs, like, and he loves busting balls about it. Don't get me wrong, but like for me, I was always kind of like taught by him as well as like to hate the divisions that you're in. So like, as far as like, you know, football goes, obviously, you know, Minnesota, Green Bay, Detroit, what you know, you hate them, right? And then you go into basketball, Detroit, Indiana, you know, Cleveland, you know, uh, <laughs> you hate them. You know what I'm saying? Milwaukee, you hate them. And then baseball, same way. I hated the guys that were in the central. That was all I hated. I didn't care about anybody else. They weren't on my radar unless we were playing them or playing, you know, or other teams playing our division rivals. That's all I hated. But like the mentions and stuff like that, now that being on Twitter and stuff like that, I'm usually pretty laid back. Like, oh, yeah, man, they have it like their corners are great on the north side. I mean, you tell me right now, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, badass players. So is Javi Baez, badass players. But now you got all these guys talking where the Sox are finally on that cusp. Like you said, they're getting there to be good. And then we're just completely discredited by more than I think than half more than half the fan base, at least on Twitter. <laughs> like you lost me, man. Like I hate you and I hope you lose every goddamn game from here on out. And that's it. Like that's why I got so fired up. I'm like, dude, I can't handle it anymore. Like I'm the White Sox are coming with a vengeance. That team, and I'm gonna say it now, that Cubs team should have been way more competitive and way better than they've been with that roster that yep. they have currently constructed than they are now. So this is a shot at any Cubs fan that listens to this that what did you do wrong? Because I'll tell you something right now. We're injured on top of having good prospects. All of them are injured. 
and we're still kicking ass. And you, I wouldn't say 47 and 43 is kicking ass. I think you're underachieving and you ain't going to do anything this year. And that's how I feel. And it feels really good that even Nova came out once again and shut their bitch asses down. I'm sorry, I swore. I didn't mean to, but damn, it just made me feel good today. I got pumped up about it. You know, pumped. Let it fly, man. Let it fly. I'm going to piss my pants in excitement right now. Here's the other thing, too. You talk about payroll. Look at the money that they spend for that rotation. You know, they're going to the Mercedes dealer and they're walking out of there with a fucking, you know, Hyundai, man. It's it's terrible. (laughs) It's terrible. That's what they're getting. They're getting Hyundai type pitching for Mercedes money. Yeah, you know, middle middle of the road average sedan. When there should be driving a luxury vehicle. How many how many games has you Darvish won? Twenty million twenty million dollars hasn't won a game at home. And you know, I didn't want to turn this into a Cubs hating fest. I just I didn't want to do that. It's just I got so mad at my mentions today and how many things I was mentioned in. Because you know, this game was zero zero for a minute, man. They were scoreless Mm -hmm. for a little bit. They were scoreless through about what was it? Um three innings. And you got people at my mentions, oh don't worry. Javi's going to start heating up or Rizzo's going to start heating up. How's that 300 uh, on base percentage for Eloy Jimenez doing? Blah, 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 you know, and just talking crap about Eloy, talking crap about Mankata. I mean, even I had a couple Tim Anderson mentions in my in my tweets. And I'm like, he's not even in the game. You know, he's hurt. And it just it it brought me to another level, man. It brought this me is to what, another this level. This is what they do, man. This is what and, they do. And I was so... <laughs> I was so irritated. I'm just like again. Again, we should get into the game because I, I think the listeners right now know how my, what my irritation level is. But I was so irritated. I was like, you know what, man? I have completely flipped. I, I I'm done. Like, you know what? If you want to play that little Chicago to Chicago rivalry, that's cool, man. But I am what you say I am. I I, I know that's from an Eminem song, but I am what you say I am, and I'm going to take the head Cubs fan that I see on Twitter all the time who talks the most crap about the White Sox and that's that douchebag P.W. Sullivan or whatever his name is for the Tribune. I am judging all Cubs fans based off of this guy now. And I want blood. So we're <laughs> we're a rough bunch we're a rough bunch. I hope you don't run into me, dog, because I swear to God I'm either going to jail or you're getting hurt because with words. Of course I'm not threatening anybody with words. Um, I'm going to talk some major shit because this, that's how I'm judging all Cubs fans. Now I hate that guy, which means I hate them. Period. That's rough. That's, that's really rough. It is. I hope that I hope that none of the Cubs guys from on tap hold this against you, but we've already had, we've had a do. pretty healthy rivalry. One of them the other day was talking, he was, he was talking about Giolito in our, in our group. Chat. I saw it. You know, I, I saw you know, it. We, I saw it too. I saw it too. He knows who he is. Mm-hmm. He knows who he is. I, I'm 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 just glad he got his lineup got shut down by uh, by Nova twice. Yeah. So I, I mean, like I said, I I've never I never come at them and talk crap. Never. Now it's all changing. I'm just going to be a. Di- I don't care if Kyle Hendricks had like a point zero two five ERA and was killing people. He sucks. That's how it's going to be from now on. It's irrational. That is how it's irrational. I, and did you? Here's right. here's the one last thing. Did you see how they treated our ballpark? On Twitter, yeah, they treat it like crap. That's the whole reason I'm so I'm so hyped up right now. See, ooh, my god, my face. You see me on video right now. I think my face is turning red. Yeah, because that P. W. Sullivan guy, that douche from Twitter, he 
he goes, oh, oh, welcome or only on the South side. And it's Cubs fans starting the fight with Southsiders. The, there was Cubs the fans starting fights with Cubs fans, man. Uh, right. And it was everywhere. And you're going to say only on the South side. You're going to try to bring up this narrative. You're talking shit about the South side. You're talking shit about the cell or the G rate or whatever you want to call it. You, of all people, you are talking and you see clearly in the videos, you see clearly in tweets that are out there that the Cubs are the, the Cubs fans are the ones that started these fights. Not my fault if a South Sider came up a little bit harder than North Sider did and finished the fight and kicked their teeth down the throat because North Siders can't fight. That's not my fault. North Siders started it. South Siders finished it. It's game over as far as I'm concerned. And God, I'm, I'm hot now. See, I'm hot. This is, a, this is a different this is a different buzz that we normally get. This is what this is what made me I think on the outcast when we used to record that I used to get mad about bear stuff or bull stuff like this. This is what would happen. I usually try to contain that because I don't want to have any bad takes when I get pissed off. But I'm so pissed off about that. Like I am oh dude. I was born on the south side of Chicago. You know what I mean? That's where I'm from before we came out to the burbs before me and my dad saved up enough money to get out here. You know, when I was like 11 years old. So when people talk crap about it like that and make us seem like a bunch of animals that we're not like. That pisses me off. So I am what you say I am. You say I'm an animal only on the south side. Okay, cool. Then that's how we're going to be then. We're going to be a bunch of animals and a bunch of dickheads. And that's how it's going to be from here on out. At least on my end. Go Sox. Go Sox. Go Sox. All right, let's talk about let's talk about the White Sox beating the almighty Cubs. <laughs> because uh, that would only happen on the south side. But it did happen on the north side too. Um, so today's, final score, today's final score, 3-1. to one, White Sox win over the Chicago <laughs> Cubs. Um it was another Eli game, man. Another Eli game. That yeah, was good. It was, so, you know, um, hats off to even Nova here. He did it again with a good outing against the Cubs. He showed up in the clutch, and I'm going to say it was clutch. You know, it's a, you know not just because it was the Cubs, man, because it's the last game before the All-Star break. He comes out five and two-thirds, um, you know, lets up no earned runs, buddy. No runs in general. He only walked one. He struck out four. 95 pitches for Nova. You know, hats off. To Nova today. Offensively, Sox had eight hits. Jose Abreu did great. Uh, he had three of them. John Jay had two hits here today. Eloy had one, which turned to be clutch. It was a two-run home run in the bottom of the fourth inning. Um, Mankata kept his uh, streak going. I believe it is now at 12, um, 12 games here, Tone. He's uh, got a hitting streak through. 12-game hitting streak here, and I, I'm, I'm not mad. I thought it was a great game. I thought the Sox did great. I think the pitching did great. I know that Bummer came in. He let up that home run to um, Garcia there. That, that was only, that was the only thing that hurt. Other than that, great uh, great ball game. And it was nice to see James McCann have a little fire. I'll throw that in there real quick. Arguing with the ump a couple times here after he had three strikeouts. And two of those strikeouts I think were a little bit BS, but I digress. You know, you know I said, I said something is. about this on Twitter too is – you know, McCann on the first one, he 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 got burned, man. He got burned by that call. That ball was not in the zone. And yeah, McCann turned around and he said something about it. We've seen I've seen him do it one or two times. He's always been very calm. Today there was a little bit of fire in his eyes. He was a little bit frustrated. And I said on Twitter, I said, I hope hope that it goes both ways. Um and it did. There there were a few calls that went the Sox way, uh, that Nova got away with. And I th- I thought it was at least consistent. However, I don't think it was consistent enough. There was a lot of, there was a lot more favoring to the Cubs, but I, I'm not going to go out there and say that the the Sox didn't get their own. Um, I wasn't exactly keeping score, 
Um, but I know that the Sox did have a few. Uh, right after that inning, there was a ball way off the plate. The Nova got called to strike. Um, and then uh, I didn't expect it to come back to McCann again, and he got burned on another one. So I, if an umpire is going to have, uh, you know, a, a problem calling uh, balls and strikes in his particular zone, whether that be inside, outside, high, low, as long as he's consistent with it and it's an even playing field, I'm normally fine. Um, it was just some really inopportune times that those calls went against the White Sox today. I think that's what makes it more frustrating. You saw Ricky Renteria come out the second time to defend McCann. Um, Which know, I thought was, was a good spot to it was, pick there. It was, good, it was a good spot to pick that. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I just didn't want to see McCann get tossed from this game. Uh, and I think he he probably knows where that threshold is um, between, you know, getting completely upset. I mean, this team needs him in the lineup right now. Um, very consistent hitter. He handles these pitchers really well. You already had Zach Collins in the DH spot, uh, so he's already in the game. You know, you kind of have a game plan at that point in time. So it's it it's good that he said something. I, I liked seeing that fire, uh, especially out of out of McCann, who's normally a tame guy. So that I mean that was good. That was good. I I like that. But from my side, uh, the zone was at least consistent. Right. I I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Um. Speaking of McCann, Tone, I feel that he he hasn't cooled off at all this year. And I think that going forward, and this is the only reason I want to bring this up is I was just scrolling through my little Twitter feed here. I feel like he's become one of the faces on this team, and I, I'm all for going forward with him. I don't know about you because uh, the reason I do bring this up is that my pick to click has been struggling mightily, and I know he's new. I know he's newer up in the big leagues, but Zach Collins, he just does not look like that guy. And I'm having, I'm struggling with it right now. What do you think about Zach Collins? And because uh, we have to talk about a couple negatives here, just real quick before you know, because I mean, obviously the game was positive, but we have to talk about a couple negatives. Zach Collins, what what do you make of him right now? So Zach Collins is a guy that um, that you you he's really easy to root for, man. First round draft pick. I, he's I kinda, like he's kind of like that that Carson Fulmer, right? When Carson Fulmer comes up, it's like, hey, here you are, you know, or any of these other first round draft picks. It's like, let's see, I'm excited. I'm excited. This isn't a guy that we acquired via trade. This isn't a guy that, you know, uh, we signed international. This is a guy from the draft. Uh, I don't know why I look at those a little bit different. Um, they see most of their player development, um, either college and then in the, the White Sox minor league system. So I kind of, I kind of hold that, you know, not that international signings don't, but I kind of hold that kind of transition phase. I mean, we've seen it now with Nick Madrigal and, uh, you know, you've got, um, Fulmer came through, Collins comes through, Tim Anderson, some of these guys. So drafts are hit or miss, but he's the next new exciting prospect to come up outside of Dylan Cease. Uh, Collins, I don't think, has gotten enough consistent playing time to really prove what he can do. But at the same point in time, you can't really give this guy much playing time when he can't hit. Um, I love the eye. I think it's kind of the same thing that, that we went through with Moncada. The eye is really, really good. Yeah. It, he knows the strike zone, but he's not going to get any gift calls. He's not going to get those calls from the umpire. He's not going to get, you know, the benefit of the doubt. And pitchers have the scouting report in this guy. I mean, if, if you and I can sit here and talk about Zach Holland's plate approach, which is, take a lot of pitches. 
you have to know that the guy in the mound is going to know the same exact thing and be throwing them right on the corner. And in a game like today, we saw the zone. You know, we just got done talking about McCann arguing balls and strikes and showing a little bit of fire and, you know, inconsistent strike zones. Zach Collins doesn't know the big league strike zone yet. He doesn't know these umpires. He's never played in games with these umpires. He's played games with the minor league umpires, but he hasn't started to fully get underneath his belt, these repetitions at the major league level. I like to see guys who are up here continue to get at bats. Now, we talked a little bit about this with Beefloaf from the 108 on Twitter, and Zach Collins doesn't hit lefties very well. So you're only going to see him up against righties. Which, I mean, which is stupid in my opinion. <laughs> in I know my it's opinion. stupid. So because <laughs> here, here's the thing. I go back and I read, this guy, do, you know? I read this guy's scouting report and when, you know, the draft profile, and it says he's one of the most well-rounded college hitters in the draft, in his draft class. Well-rounded to me doesn't mean platoon guy. I don't know. No, if, it doesn't if, mean that to me. A first-round pick to me doesn't mean platoon guy. Well, I mean – it happens, Brandon, man. It happens. It happens. I don't like right? it. But I feel like if we're if we're coming out here and saying that he is doomed from the start to be a platoon guy and a guy that can't like you want him to stick at catcher, right? You want him to stick at catcher or do you want him to be a first baseman? Where, first off, boss, let's let's establish where do you want Zach Collins to play? What position do you want Zach Collins to play at the big league level? I think that's that's that that's what needs to be determined first. Is Zach Collins a bench guy? Is he a backup catcher? Is he a DH? Is he going to be moved to first base? Is he a is he a starting catcher? Where does Zach Collins fit into the fold? I think that's important. Right. I mean that. Well, that's fuck, man. That's a conversation for another day. I'd like to see him at first base and 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 catch it. I'd like to see him a little bit of trick, uh, you know, trick of the trade. I like for him to be the catcher. Honestly, but I just don't know if he could do it. Right, but. exactly. But we haven't we haven't seen him get those reps, and and obviously you're not going to take them away from McCann right now. No, you, well you, you can't. You, right. can, you can't. You can't really do that. But you can DH McCann if you're going to DH Collins. You can DH McCann, and you can have Collins behind the plate and give him some extra reps. I mean, obviously you don't want to mess with with Lucas Giolito and 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 McCann. Um, you know, there, there's some pitcher-specific stuff going on. I was surprised that he did not catch for Dylan Cease. I was really, really surprised that he did not catch for a guy that he's been coming up through the system with. Um, right. That, to me, spoke volumes about how this organization views McCann over Collins. And I'm wondering, you know, what this long-term plan is for him. You, you talk about what I think about Zach Collins, and right now I think he's a huge question mark. Because you know you bring up another guy, and in, in, um, if you want to bring up another guy who it's, it's a giant question mark, Daniel Palka, uh, sent back down to AAA after after the game he, today. He's done, bud. You know, and that's well. Here's the thing: if you're not going to use these guys, and one of the things that I expected to see when Zach Collins would eventually make his way up, honestly, if you want to talk about first half, I didn't see McCann having the first half that he did. I figured that he would have phased out and you would be seeing Sebi Zavala and Zach Collins or maybe Wellington Castillo, if healthy, in that mix and McCann DFA'd or something in, in May. Right. You know, like that's mm-hmm. going into the, going into the year from the offseason. Why are we making the signing? It's turned out to be a great signing so far. And I, I don't know. I mean, I could, I could spin circles on Zach Collins all day, Buzz. Because I don't know. I think they have to establish what they want him to be, whether that's platoon guy. But they they need to be very clear about it because, 
you know, as Rick Hahn said, we're not going to bring guys up to not play them. And so far, that's what I've really seen with Zach Collins, and it just seems like he has been relegated to automatically becoming a platoon slash pinch hitter type guy. And that's not what I expected out of my first round draft pick. You know, you've already got one first round draft pick who's a shuttle bullpen guy from Charlotte to Chicago. And if the if another one is a backup slash pinch hit catcher, sometimes play first base, sometimes DH, it just doesn't sit well with me, especially with the whole player development thing. It's it's the ultimate fail, right? Yeah, it's it's not good. I I, I figured this guy was going to be a three four maybe five staple hitter in the lineup, especially being a lefty. Right. Well, now that we just dissected that, it was a little depressing. I mean, which went, like I said, we had to get into some bad things. I want to get into one, uh, one more good thing about this game. We already talked about the Eloy home run, how clutch it was when he came up and he hit it. John Jay had gotten on base before him. Eloy comes and uh, smashes it. But a guy that's been on a tear lately, a guy that has made some comments lately, a guy that's been clutch for us for quite a few years now, Jose Abreu, three hit performance today, bud. And he smacks a home run. Okay, I sign this man, please. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to see him leave. I don't care if we can get stuff. I I feel that this team is going to be very competitive here very soon. With them, when I when I say, I mean, we're competitive now, but I mean even more competitive here soon. Um, once you know you get your Luis Robert's up and you get your pitching, you know when your pitching gets healthy. Um, but Jose Abreu, I can't say anything but good things about him right now at this point in time. I'm very happy with his performances as of late and that has put a smile on my face and I'm sure his teammates face and there was a comment that he made here today tone not just when he made the comments that if he was the owner he'd sign himself because he wants to be here there's a comment that he made today it's like that he said like Luis Robert is like or I'm sorry Luis Robert Eloy Jimenez is like his kid after he was so happy for him in that way and Eloy had reiterated that Jose has been like a father to him on this roster you don't let that go and I'm very, I'm very happy about how Jose has been just this year in general. He's, I mean, his power numbers are through the roof, buddy. He's going to have probably the most RBIs he's ever had in a season. He might get to where he wants, you know, more home runs than he's ever had in a season with the Sox. Yeah. Just, I, these are, these are, breaks. these are meatball takes, Buzz. These are meatball takes. That's right. I'm a meatball. Cause you, I don't want to. I like, I like, the, I like these meatball takes. I think this should be like a, a Sox on tap staple meatball take of the day. Sign Jose Abreu. I don't care about his advanced stats. I don't care about his whatever. Sign this guy. He is the leader of this team. And one of the things about Jose Abreu is when he first came over, I don't know if you remember this, people looked at him as the leader, and he kind of shied away from it. He didn't want to be the leader. He just wanted to be an average guy. Then the rebuild takes place, and this guy accepts responsibility in the clubhouse. He starts to lead these guys. You see him in the dugout when they pan after Eloy hits a home run every time. It's Eloy and Jose. When Moncada hits a home run, it's Moncada and Jose. Jose's everywhere. He's with these guys. He's teaching them. He is a leader. And when you have a leader, just imagine for a second, they let this guy walk at the end of the year. They trade him midseason at the trade deadline this year. I think it'll be devastating. It would it would be devastating to some of these guys in the clubhouse. And yes, you know you can go talk all about how baseball is a business, and there's so many options that the White Sox have at first base. I think these guys are gonna feel, man. You know, they're they're for all the advanced stats and war and all this other stuff. And here's meatball take Tony for the day. <laughs> I knew you were gonna laugh, so I, I was giving you a second. <laughs> Thanks. I tried. I tried holding it. I, 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 I you know. 
sign this guy because leadership matters. Sign this guy because chemistry in your clubhouse matters. Let these guys continue to build. What if Jose Abreu, I mean, you know, you talk about going and getting a veteran guy who's a free agent. We've seen how hard it is. You've already got one of these guys who's going to be a free agent next year. Spend some of this money that you said is going to be spent and pay Jose Abreu. Just pay him. It doesn't need to be a long-term deal. Sign him on a three-year. If he has to, you know, eventually become the DH, let him become the DH. Let, let's get this guy a ring. He He's done his duty here. Um, I don't think he's going to be trying to look for a, a seven, eight-year deal. Maybe he is. I don't know. I don't know what kind of negotiations have gone on behind closed doors or anything. And maybe it's completely outrageous, and that's why it's not done yet. But, man, if somebody deserves a contract from, from Rick Hahn and the White Sox and Jerry, it's Jose Abreu because he's stuck through this thing so far. And he's, like you said, man, he's been like a father to some of these guys. And that's oh, my that's my yeah. meatball take. I agree with you. Meatball take yeah. of the day. I, I can't help but say it, man. I mean, it's what the guy does. I mean, just look at his performances day in and day out. He, he struggles here and there, blah, 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 blah. You know, he, oh, well, his, you know, his numbers aren't that great and advanced stats. So, okay, man. That's cool, dude. I like the guy. I think he contributes to this team. He's a great veteran to have here who's an effective veteran on top of that. And, uh, you know, he could hold the fort down. He, he'll be able to DH in a year, maybe two, whatever. He's still effective. And uh, I don't know what we would get for him. I mean, obviously, if it was a huge haul. You're not like, going to get a huge. Ha- you're not going to get. Here, here's I, that's the what thing. I mean. We're not going to. You're not going to get I a huge this. haul. Yes. I know this and you know this. But other people that want to trade him don't know this. No, I think they <laughs> I think they do. I think the people who want to get rid of Jose do know that we're not going to get back. We're not getting back. A, maybe, maybe a fringe top 100 guy, but I doubt it. I absolutely doubt that you get anywhere near a top 100 guy for Jose Abreu. Um, you're going to get back like a Charlie Tilson type player or a, a Cody Medeiros or a Manny Banuelos. That's what the, that that's what you're getting. You're getting a former top 100 guy for him. And I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that trade. I don't, I don't think that that, I don't think that that helps the White Sox. I think that, you know, we've got our our stockpile of talent in the minors. I think it's time to shift, man. I really do. I think it's time to shift towards towards adding to this rather than, than stockpiling and removing um, major league talent from what we've got here. I think that it, it, it's time. It's it's time. I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. So is there anything else you want to touch in, in this game here real quick? I mean, while, while we're here, I mean, I think we pretty much – Kind of got everything. Yeah, you know what? Alex Calame is the, the last oh, thing that I, I want I to touch back on this. is you know What a way to end the first half here. Uh, a, a save from, from Calame. He's done this 20 times so far in the first half, which is just incredible. I, I love watching him come in and pitch. It just it seems so smooth. Um, another guy that advanced stats are going to look at you and tell you, oh, he's get, he, the, you know, people make hard contact off him. Here's second meatball take. I don't care if you hit the ball 115 miles an hour off the guy, if it goes right at somebody, and you get the out. I don't care. Get outs. That's what matters. And he's done that so far this year. It's been amazing to watch. Um, Sox fans should be happy that they've got this guy. Um, Narvaez trade, we can can discuss it, but I I think that the addition of a solid back-end bullpen piece, in addition to what we've seen, from the development 
of Evan Marshall, Aaron Bummer, um, even Jace Fry has shown flashes again this year. Well, with the Omar Narvaez trade, I mean, it, it, it seems to pan out. You get an effective closer in Alex Colomay and then James McCann's raking. So <laughs> I'm good with it. Right, exactly. And, and Narvaez is, he's not, he hasn't been bad. <laughs> he has um, not been bad. He's been very good. Yeah, he's been very, very good. And but Sorry, watching but, the Bulls here. That yeah. was very nice. It's, uh, it, it, Seattle's not exactly a great team, though. <laughs> I mean, they started hot and. And, right, uh, they kind of, they've kind of tailed off a little bit, but um, you know, I, I would do that trade again. I guess is what I'm saying. I, I think that uh, that was a good trade, and, and yeah, you you went out and you picked up McCann, um, add him to this roster, and I, I can't I can't argue anymore, man. James McCann, he's uh, he's a real deal behind that plate, I, and I, I hope I hope that's another guy that's that the Sox are taking a look at for the long term. Man, it was just a fun right, first half. It, it was just a fun first half. And I think, the, you know, for as much as Sox on tap is about reviewing the, the, the day's game, um, I feel like this is this was a good episode to kind of air out some of our thoughts about, you know, what we saw since April. Um, because this has been fun, and it's it's always good. It's a good reflection point as we head into the All-Star break to talk about some of this stuff. Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly, man. I mean, this is this is what it's all about. Yeah, we do game reviews and and previews for like the next series and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, man, like you know, we we have our opinions on what we want the Sox to be and how we that we want them to be, and you know, and we have our opinions on the players as well. So, uh, I'm just happy about how the teams performed up uh, to this point. I know we're playing Oakland in the next series, um, y- you know, but there, there's not even a. Um, it's not even announced on who's starting for us on Friday, uh, which is July 12th. So um, that's whatever to me right now. But I'm, I'm just happy with how this team has performed. I'm excited to keep moving forward with them and and grow with them. You know, that, that's where I'm at with this team. And again, one thing that I'll reiterate right now is the Cubs suck. So I just want just want to say that real quick. Well, I'll I'll take a Cubs suck from you from you any day, Buzz. Yeah. that was that was music to my ears. Um, I think that's all we've got for today, man. It's been it's been a wild ride, Sox on tap. It's been a wild ride for the White Sox. No better way to close out the first half of this season than a victory over the Chicago Cubs because victories over the Chicago Cubs are the best kind of victories. Um, I know I don't want to stoop to the level of, of White Sox fan that cares more about seeing the Cubs lose, but I'm going to do that right now because <laughs> I hate the Cubs just as much as your newfound hate for the Cubs. Um Let's close it out with uh, with, with a Cubs suck, and let, let's go White Sox. All right, all right man. Well, right. Hey. be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Cubs suck. Let's go Sox. Let's have a strong second half. All right, Cubs suck. Let's go Sox. <laughs>